Union of the Unknowns, a podcast dedicated to the exploration of modern culture, presents a weekly digest of current events that may have slipped past your radar. This is not your mama's news. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Union of the Unknowns presents Not Your Mama's News. With us today, we have our unknowns, myself, Ashley Think Change Repeat. We also have Stella from Down Under. Hey, Stella. Hey, how you going? Very well. How are you? Good. Always good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you too. And with us, we have a special guest host tonight that we are excited about, and that is Mike the Polymath from the Easy Peasy Podcast. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, equally unknown, but this would be my first time the union, so I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, we will, you know, Mike is the person that we are on his show to um, for the WTF Forum. And so we really enjoy hanging out with Mike and uh, we'll give all the ways that you can get in touch with him, support him, see his stuff uh, towards the end of the show. So stay tuned I, for that, everybody. I would. I would quickly like to clarify. Um, my show is the Easy Peasy podcast, but the yes. WTF forum has and always was meant to be a communal kind of thing and not in a communist kind of way, but more in an anarchist kind of way. Um, the forum is not meant to be on my show specifically. It's meant to be a little bit more ambiguous than that. Um, anybody can post it to their streams. The whole idea is we wanted to create a non, you know, a decentralized forum that was not going to be subject to, you know, any channel that might be stirred or lost, but would be a little bit more distributed, a little, a little more. And, um, and we're getting there. Thanks to y'all, you know, for, for a while, it's pretty much just me and Ando from on burn, uh, sharing the stream. But now we have officially had our first WTF forum go out on the union of the unknowns. Very grateful. That's that's yeah. the whole idea. We're trying to get it on more, more channels. You know, make, yes. make it as uncensorable as we can. It's yeah. our it's our own form of migration. Yeah, it's on great. our terms. Exactly. <laughs> Decentralized is the way. So I really like that. Yeah, swap casting is the way of the future. Definitely. Okay, well, um, we're very happy to have you here, and we're going to get right into it. So tonight, we're going to start off with Stella. Take it away, Stella. Well, I have some splendid news. Finally, Dictator Dan, our Victorian Premier, best known for the world-breaking lockdowns, world-record-breaking lockdowns, uh, through the COVID era, Dictator Dan is stepping down, finally. Uh, that's Amazing. Effect effective today, I believe. So uh, I was surprised that there were no crocodile tears on his behalf because that seems to be part of the script, but I, you know, he, he tends to go off script a little. Um, but yes, it's uh, been an interesting reign from Dan. Uh, so there's a lot of people very, very happy to see him go. If there's any tears, they're all tears of happiness. Um, 
It's uh, been a it's been a bit of a time. So he's left the state in um, the worst state debt in the country. Taxes are up. Uh, projects are all billions of dollars over budget uh, and years behind schedule. Um, there's a housing crisis. The small businesses have been decimated. It sounds kind of similar, like a carbon copy, doesn't it? You know, the the lockstep. Suicide rates, of course, are through the roof. Um, and I can tell you from my own personal experience that uh, <clears throat> my brother, who used to reside in Victoria, was working sort of in the mental health arena in the sense of um, just sort of like, you know, companion organising programs, companionship, that kind of thing. Um, and the mental health industry had been decaying for several years or being be decayed um, for several years before 2020. So you got to wonder too, you know, <laughs> was that all part of the lead up? I mean, my cynical self has no doubt, but, um, you know, it's just something to ponder on. Uh, the hospitals are all in shambles. Uh, ambulances are called that never arrive. There's rats in corridors in hospitals. Um, of course, he's left us with all the great stuff too, like gender fluidity. Uh, home invasions are up. Youth crime is through the roof. We now have a lot of – Victoria now has a lot of carjacking problems and assaults. Um, of course, he was uh, quite famous for going to China and refusing to take the media with him. <laughs> what was with that? So, yes, he's, he's well known for his secret deals with the Chinese. And uh, then, of course, we have um, the rubber bullets being um, fired at innocent families and upstanding citizens there purely to guard the truth. Um, and, of course, the head slamming into concrete, um, the pregnant women being arrested in their houses, mm -hmm. etc. So, yes, that's what his royal lowness will be known for. A terrorist. He's a terrorist. He's a terrorist, a bully, and, an abuser, everything yeah. and, and he's more. Held up the exact agenda of the predator class because the everything that you ticked off, that's the goal for, as you know, as we've talked about quite extensively, um, starting with the major cities here. Yeah. May, if I can, you know, I'm looking for maybe a little clarity because I'm not as familiar with what's happening in Australia, except from what I get from you and from Drew on the forum, um, when you're talking about, you know, like the rubber bullets and the pregnant women being arrested, I, I don't know exactly what you're referring to. Um, can you maybe expand on that? And maybe before I, I let you go, I, I was listening to no agenda today and I really appreciated when Adam Curry he, he said it very casually, almost like offhandedly, where it was just like, well, you know, everybody's been traumatized over the last three years. Like, I think he was saying that something was like triggering his his COVID PTSD. Actually, that might have been Rob in in the chat. Uh, I think Rob said that. Yo, and so like there were a couple moments today in particular listening to no agenda and reading through the chat where i'm like holy shit like yeah we are all fucking traumatized and and it like if you want to traumatize the entire world 
I don't know what you could have done any better. You know, I got hit by rubber bullets. I was in the protests during BLM. And I don't say that because I'm proud of it. I got swept up emotionally by the propaganda of it all. And I was there when when protests turned to riots. Now, did I loot? Did I break anything? No. But I did get shot with a rubber bullet and I did get a tear gas can, you know, land right between my feet, which I promptly threw back, obviously. <laughs> um, but, you know, like they really did a hell of a job traumatizing everybody right didn't they yes they surely did they've been working on it for years <laughs> well done fellas well done so yes um and i believe on wtf forum yes i i saw rob mention the ptsd and, and now you say adam curry and i said that on wtf forum if you remember um that we are all the whole world is in currently in ptsd um, <clears throat> from these bastards. So yes, they've they've done a fine job. Um, had many many think tanks working on this for literally decades. So you know, I mean, if they couldn't pull this off, there'd be something wrong, really. Anyway, um, good old Dan. Yes, he is WEF's golden boy. I think they'd be very very proud of him. You've done a very fine job, Dan. So he'll be somewhere in his bunker fairly shortly, I suppose, sipping on a cocktail. Yeah, let's go to the uh, let's go to the video and just. There's been several <laughs> several inquiries, you know, inquiries in air quotes, gone into certain things. People investigating themselves and coming out clean. <laughs> um, but this was a nice little compilation, I thought, of um, the kind of just a taste of some of the inquiries. Let's hit play seem to conclude that whoever was to blame, it was never the Premier, without whose say-so, nothing ever happened in this state. I can't specifically recall. I can't recall. I, I presume I did. I don't recall the conversation. And I have some memory, but not full memory. I don't recall specifically, not to my recollection. I have no recollection of that. I can't specifically recall. Well, now he's gone. My only regret is that he resigned and he wasn't voted out of office or taken away in handcuffs. And while it's a long way back That'll to do. Victoria, today when he got to his feet and Yes, so same old scenario. All, um, I suppose they're sort of trained really in how not to remember something <laughs> and make it look authentic. I I'm sure they all get drama lessons. Yeah. I've got a friend who's a lawyer <laughs> and... Uh, I was actually just hanging That's out good. with him. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I've got a couple a couple friends that are lawyers. Which, but this one in particular is a lawyer for the state. And he even, he hates the state, but he still, you know, it's his job. It pays good money. But I was, I was hanging with him at the pub like literally two hours ago. He was joking. I, you know, he, he goes, yeah, I got to get up and get to a hearing at like 9 a.m. tomorrow. And I said, oh, yeah, like, is it anything interesting? He like I read all the documents and I I honestly don't remember, so probably not. Like it's probably nothing interesting. But he joked, he goes, you know, most of that job is improvisation, you know, it's it's making it up on the spot. Mm. And uh he even said he goes, you know, <laughs> he was role playing, if you will, but he's like, you know, objection, your honor. And then, you know, he switches characters, he's now the judge, he goes, Objection to what? That last statement hurts my case. <laughs> <laughs> Overruled, you know. 
he's like, yeah, like it's all a game. It's just, you know, we're all just playing our parts, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that necessarily applies a hundred percent, but yo, this do not, I do not recall. No, that's what you say when you're not sure what to say because you don't like the question. When in doubt, you when in doubt, you do not recall. Yeah. He actually, I think he's explained before to me. He's like, if you're ever in court, those three words should be like in the holster. I recall is the best thing you can say in court. I don't recall. Yes. Uh, Mike, can I just, uh, can you just try turning your video quality down? Because you are, you are freezing quite a lot where, uh, so yeah, under the settings. I'll try. Just try try that. See if it makes any difference. Don't want to miss what you're saying because it's all, it's all valuable. While um, you're doing that too, I wanted to throw in there that whenever we had the conversation with legal man, and, and he says this too in his other work, but that the system is set up, it works perfectly. It is not yeah, designed exactly. to be a justice system. It's designed to be an injustice system with the occasional win to keep you thinking that you have a chance. <laughs> um, so I think that that's a pretty interesting with, uh, you know, a good thing to go along with what your friend was saying. Like everyone's just playing their part. That sounds like pretty much exactly what he was saying as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, the machine is working and, and it's oiled quite well and moving along, you know, they're quite pleased with themselves, I think. They're bringing the agenda forward, so it must be going fairly well for them, um, unless that's a panic move, but somehow I don't think so. I think right. it's just all going too well. And the other thing that I was um, thinking about this, the whole Dan Andrews, and a lot of people are happy, but the the... The problem is, is that we don't actually get justice. I mean, it's like the um, whatever the document was that was the the simulation for that ran pretty much step by step what we we've experienced with the lockdowns and the, the mm-hmm. vaccines and all this stuff is that um, they are stepping away i mean it was even predicted in this document i wish i could come up with the the name right now um to spend more time with their families to pursue other things but (laughs) that's exactly what he said (laughs) yeah and we but we don't get justice so you're still a terrorist you're still responsible for all of this harm and yes we're leaving you're leaving and we're happy about that because you're a piece of shit but you should be behind bars indefinitely best case scenario that is what you deserve Yes, well, that was uh, we were just listening to Peter Credlin on Sky News, which you know, just a side note. Yes, it's Rupert Murdoch with uh, News Corp, and it has its own agenda, of course. But let, that's another show. That Peter Credlin was talking. She's been on Dan Andrews' case all through this. I mean, that's obviously her role. Um, but yes, as she said exactly that same thing. There's going to be no justice. He gets away with everything, as they all do. They're just in there playing their parts. They're just actors. It's just like a play in a theatre, and they've done their bit, and they go home. So what do we So he's, he's the premier? Is that of, like, of a certain state or province or what? I'm, yes. I'm not, so okay. in Australia, what, what was the equivalent we, you, you told governor, me the other day, Ashley? Governor. Oh, governor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a premier is the head of the state um so basically the one that makes the decisions on a state level but of course federal law overrides state but um yes they can make a lot of their own decisions and to be quite honest gosh 
<laughs> all the state premiers. I'm not actually that familiar, overly familiar with Tassie or South Australia, but the other ones, they were all the biggest bunch of criminals. The New South Wales one, God, what was her name? Gladys Berejiklian. She very quietly got sort of stepped down. Um, well, she had to leave because she was under investigation for um, all sorts of corruption. Um, and her boyfriend that she wasn't meant to be having a relationship with was also <laughs> corrupt. <laughs> so, like, it's just corruption city. Like, it's which corruption shall I report on this week, you know? So is it is it kind of similar there where, like, um, the governors really were the arm of tyranny almost more so than, like, the president? Oh, I mean, absolutely. You, you, so you, you guys have a prime minister, right? Yes, that's right. And... You know, it kind of seems like to me the prime minister, the president gets to just talk and and I guess delegate the dirty work mm-hmm. down to the governors, right? And and basically, you know, we have like we have Donald Trump right now going, Oh, well, I never locked anybody down. I never yes. did the lockdowns. That wasn't me. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, fuck yep. you. Like you you didn't stop it, motherfucker. So you're just as culpable, even if it was, you know, state governors that actually made these dictates. Well, it's very interesting because, yeah, it's like the prime minister is just like, dun, da, dum, dun, da, da. Um, and while the fires were burning here in 1920, 19 20, um, horrendous. And the prime minister was, interestingly enough, in Hawaii. You don't leave your freaking country when they're in the middle of a crisis. And what an interesting place to go, was it? Hmm. Um, anyway, maybe no connection, but it was still interesting. <laughs> and, he was uh, about future real estate. <laughs> pretty much. I would love to. <laughs> I can't remember where it was. It would be interesting if it was Maui. Yeah. I have to look that one up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, classic, classic examples. Um, the state premiers, they all take the... The heat, I suppose, and and exactly the same is happening here. You know, they're all now they're all holding their hands up. Well, no one was mandated, no one was told they had to do anything. There was always a choice. Oh, and, I must have been dreaming. Uh, I must have I must have been asleep for the last couple of years because, damn, I, it really did seem mm. like it was kind of forced, man. Yeah, and especially, all those people, you know, they just they didn't want to work anyway. They didn't want to work and bring home money to pay their mortgage. Nah, it was good to have a bit of no. time off. Who fucking needs a job anyhow? Yeah, who needs a house? Fuck that. <laughs> um, I did want to chime in. I, I, I found the document that I was referring to. Um, it was the SPARS pandemic simulation document. Yes, and SPARS 2017. This is the one, yes, and this is the one where they discuss the aftermath, right? And this is what, I mean, it's it literally says it, that these people uh, step away to spend time with their families. And that is... Yeah. That's exactly what is happening. And if you, I'm going to put a, a link here for this document, but you, if you have not looked at the SPARS pandemic document um, <laughs> that was well ahead of time, you need to look at it because well, yes, it do. pretty yeah. much plays out exactly what has happened um, with the exception of them acknowledging uh, harm done by an experimental medical procedure. They, they have not yep. done that yet. But it is coming out in, you know, that was just a perk. That was a perk. Unexpected. Well, perk. It, it's in the document. The ding, it ding, is ding, in. Ding, ding. Yes. Oh, I see. It, yeah. I thought you were saying you it was it. not. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the the funny thing is, is that everything has played out except for our in our dimension, <laughs> um, mm. their acknowledgement of the harm that it has done. Um, I believe we're is, up to we're up to chapter eighteen. Something like that. 17, I need to spend 18, a little bit more time. So acknowledging loss is chapter 18. So I guess we're 18, on 17 yep. right now because wow. what they haven't done is acknowledge the loss. And then we haven't yes, seen, that's right. with, with the exception of, we did see uh, here stateside Fauci and Deborah Burks stepping down. But other than that, no one has really been held accountable. Yep, because it's all in the script. And, I mean, how can they be held accountable? These people, they not only step out of power, but they usually get shipped elsewhere, like maybe overseas. They'll become the ambassador for something or other. Um, You know, I have no doubt some of them are just retiring to the bunker. I really have no doubt about that. For Um, sure. So, yep, they're all getting off scot-free. There will be no accountability. And even if there was, we're relying on the system to hold them accountable. So none of that's going to happen. It'll just be more money wasted anyway. So let's just skip that. It's ridiculous. But that's the world we live in. It's beyond clown world. What is it now? <laughs> it's like monster I'm gonna world. Have to, I'm going to have to bite my tongue on, on what I think should be done here. But Yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't we, need to say it. I think we're all thinking the same thing. We are definitely thinking the same thing. Best yeah. case scenario, this is how I say it. At the best case scenario, you should spend your life behind bars. Best, best case. case but then, you. of course, that costs the society a lots of money as well too, doesn't it? So it's a bit of a burden. But um, yeah, I think they just, you know, put, I don't know. I don't even, let's not go there. Have you got yeah. a story? <laughs> yeah. I think so, we're done with um, that one. We are done with that one. And I'm going to get cancelled or anything. Mike's video here uh, mike do you want to kind of introduce what yeah. you wanted to talk about i want to talk about joe biden's shoes okay and and this it sounds trivial but it's not uh i'll i'll draw a connection as well because it was news this week or maybe might have been last week about um this the house of representatives or the senate i guess um what's his name freaking fetterman fetterman <laughs> he's a senator right he's a senator i i think so and they changed the dress code they changed the fucking dress code i, I swear he's out of the monsters sorry i swear on here <laughs> that's insulting to the the monsters yes you uh, can swear as much as you please so they changed the fucking dress code yeah the monsters should be should be uh offended <laughs> because at least they knew how to dress you know yeah true. like they all were pretty, pretty sharp stylish the they monsters. were. Yeah. So, uh, yes, John Fetterman is a U.S. senator. Yeah. So they changed the dress code so this motherfucker can wear, sh- you know, gym shorts and a fucking hoodie. Right. And a and ratty just, ass hoodie. Yeah. Like, he looks like shit. He's ugly <laughs> yeah. as sin. Can we just can we just acknowledge how ugly of a, of a human <laughs> John Fetterman is? It's like the least yeah. you could do for the rest of us who have to look at you is like put on a suit dude like make yourself a little less ugly wear a mask <laughs> but no no and i heard i forget who um oh shit it was you know it might have been tim pool where he's like he's trying to be all tim pool about it be like well i don't think there should be a dress code for the senate and anyways like whatever i don't give a shit <laughs> and, and i'm like dude what the fuck i'm like I'm like, he, he tried to make the argument 
he's like, well, Fetterman's trying to appeal to like the working man. And uh, if you ever, if you ever knew any working men, you'll know they can't afford a suit. And I'm like, brother, go fuck yourself. Okay. Yeah, I'm a working sure. man. I'm working and I own a suit. You know why? You got to go to a funeral every now and again. You go yeah. to a wedding every now and again. You know what you do when you go or you know, you go to court. You wear a fucking suit. You don't go. That's so oh. on its face insulting, right? And I only bring all this up to connect it with the Joe Biden thing because apparently as of in the last few days, Joe Biden is wearing sneakers. And there's a very specific reason why he's wearing sneakers. And I'll keep that in my back pocket for the moment. <laughs> you know, maybe we roll this this here clip. So this actually is an older. And uh, I don't think we ever went over this on the forum. I found this clip a while ago and I found it really interesting. So I'm actually kind of shocked that it never made its way onto the WTF forum. But there's a little thing about the shoes that he was wearing. And now he's gone to sneakers because apparently these shoes didn't work. So the, the issue of Joe Biden's shoes is no, it's nothing new. Okay. Right. We've just had an update lately. So totally new ahead. to me. I've never heard any of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. And uh, Mike, if we get to a place that you feel is good, you just let me know. Stop and, and we'll end I want to stay about halfway through like four minutes. We'll pretty much okay. get everything we need. Yeah. All right. You got it. Let's roll it. <laughs> Um, hang on, can we stop for a sec? Are we going to get a copyright because of this sound? Well, I hope not. Um, it, it's only for a few seconds. This is the funny way of introducing the concept. So, okay, sorry, I just needed to. Yep. All right. No, no, yeah, good, good. I didn't know how long that went, but eventually somebody comes on here and starts talking. Okay. Um, for the listener, though, what we have is Joe Biden's face superimposed over the late, great Michael Jackson. And he's doing the signature move of Michael Jackson where he is defying gravity by leaning at about a while his heels stay, you know, anchored. Okay. Well, we sorry, Mike, can you just repeat that last line? Because you're cutting in and out quite a little bit there. His his heels stay anchored. His okay? heels? Okay. Heels. Got it. Yeah. This was Michael Jackson's signature move, and he actually filed for a specific type of shoe Ooh. to make this move possible. Right. I did not know that. No. All okay. right. Let's watch okay. this again. What's up, guys? It's your boy, Benny. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It is fun to watch the mighty fall when people who are very powerful or think they're super powerful, like Hillary Clinton, fall over like a slab of beef and have to be dragged into her van. A month before the general election in 2016, a lot of people said, ah, she had the ability to actually run this country. Look at her. Dragged into her van. And you know what? She lost a shoe on the way in. And people said, what are those at Hillary Clinton's shoes? And when Joe Biden fell 
as he did just moments ago. Joe Biden's shoes were revealed to the rest of the country. In fact, the bottom of his shoes. And a lot of people said the same thing. What are those? Because Joe Biden has some very interesting shoes. You can go here to Getty Images and you can go ahead and zoom on in and you can see that Joe Biden has these strange little heels on his shoes. What the hell are those that look like horseshoes? What are those? Nobody knows. People are asking questions. Joe Biden's bizarre horseshoes draw attention after President tumbles. So Joe Biden falls over and you get these images, right? These images. Check them out. Look at this. Do your shoes look like that? My shoes sure as hell don't look like that. What the hell is this? They need a little horseshoe action going on there. Joe Biden falling over has created now a totally different train of people on the internet going, why do his shoes look like that? And you can see these really nice, clear shots of what the bottom of his shoes look like in these weird little zigzaggy patterns. I don't got no shoes that look like that. Uh, and also, of course, that's a, that's a meme right there. This couple laughing their asses <laughs> off as Joe Biden collapses. But we're here to talk about the shoes. We've done our research. Joe Biden's shoe goes viral. A clip from the fall has gone viral on Twitter, which shows the moment where Biden plummeted to the ground. The heels in the back of his shoes are clearly visible, showing the thread and the sole. But it's the heel that caught everyone's eye. People are saying, what's this bizarre horseshoe? What's going on with Biden's horseshoe? I think they keep him stable. Fail. Horseshoes? Rubber. So he won't slip. That's what people say. Many are trying to figure out what kind of shoes they are. Some think that they're lifts to make him look taller. Biden's six uh, feet tall. But that's not true. Joe Biden, there's no way Joe Biden's six feet tall. Other think that they are non-slip rubber attachments that ensure that the 80-year-old won't fall. I said on our live stream that I personally think that they're the Michael Jackson shoe. You ever seen these shoes? These are super special shoes that Michael Jackson designed and actually had made, patented, for him to do his famous uh, Billie Jean move where he hooks his foot into the ground and is able then to effectively use his toe as a lever to bend his body over in a way that normally normal gravity wouldn't allow you to do. That's that's like anti-gravity move right there. That blew people's minds. And the way they can do that is because the shoe is hooked into the ground. And so you have this really nice leverage point. And this was actually so successful. You can see sort of the shoes unhooking there. Just look at the guy in the back with the shoe unhooking. The guy in the pinstripes, you can watch him go up with the shoe. Watch the shoe. He goes, unhook, click, click. There you go. And this is an example of how the shoes were made and what they look like. This is a real right, that's That's probably good. That's probably the, good. Uh, Michael Jackson. I love that pun that was in the comments. His horseshoes are made to keep him stable. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good i think a lot of people would have missed that one <laughs> yeah you did yeah i, I missed it yeah oh, I mean, so, in the comments yeah so i actually Hilarious. now now that we watch this i actually remember researching it and maybe choosing not to take it onto the forum because the truth is right i'm I, yeah i'm not gonna skirt around the truth that specific type of show 
does in fact, you know, the one that Joe Biden was wearing has that weird horseshoe heel by the manufacturer. Okay. But it's, it's kind of interesting in that it is very similar to the Michael Jackson design. If you, in fact, if you go back in that video a little bit, we don't have to do it, but you can see how the shoe itself has a horseshoe heel. And then there's a plate, a plate that gets, I guess, nailed into the heel that has the little V notch for a, a, a simple bolt to hook into. And I'm not saying that they had the plate with notch for the bolt on Joe Biden's shoes, but <laughs> they might have. Okay. They probably because, should. Because it's very undignified for a president to fall over mid speech. They might have tried. They might have tried, you know, like this shoe that he was wearing, even though it was built this way, would have been a perfect shoe to nail a little plate into that he could hook his heel into to hold him upright and steady. Okay. Anybody that's been as drunk as I've been <laughs> knows that that even just putting your hand against a wall, right, is enough to stabilize. Having one or both heels hooked into a little bolt for a man who's unsteady to hold himself up straight without swaying about, that anchoring point might have been something they considered, okay? And imagine if he tripped over himself trying to unhook that thing from his foot. I was just thinking that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and now and. And now there's news yet again about about his shoes, where apparently he's wearing just regular like like sneakers. And uh, yeah, so this yeah this article, what is that? What is that headline up there, Ashley? How how Biden eighty is trying to avoid another trip. President is doing balancing exercises with a physical therapist, wearing new sneakers to stop slipping and using shorter. Stairs. Okay. Apparently, he's no longer walking down the steps from Air Force One the way that is tradition. He's exiting the back of the plane on a on a shorter set of stairs, wearing fucking sneakers. Okay. They should just have one of those little sliding chair things. That just, yeah. Well, that's the know. everybody's been memeing about that. Oh, yep. Okay. Right. Yep. This, yep. Uh, the senior uh, stair elevator. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And I think the that... picture Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Stella. I'm sorry. No, you go. I was just gonna say the picture that I have pulled up here is a picture of the sneaks. So um and, and these articles are gonna be video and article will be in our show notes, of course. But for this Daily Mail article that I have pulled up here, you can see him walking with it just looks like regular sneakers. Yeah, and well, and this is the rear of the plane. He is entering what is essentially, I mean, this is Air Force One, so it's not a standard, you know, Boeing 7 by ends, but he's entering what would be the, the luggage hold on any standard plane. This is the bottom of the plane. I mean, if, if you look at it, like clearly, this is entering at the belly of the whale, right? versus the typical one which goes up into the passenger compartment right behind the car 
and they're doing this only because it's about half as far to walk. It's the lowest point. So they, is that like the cargo area? <laughs> Putting yeah, him in the cargo area? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's where he's entering. Belly of the beast. Mm, and it's funny. just to get him out of the view of the public before he fucking trips. I mean, yeah. I should just have a little elevator for him. I mean, why don't they put elevator there? Because because that would not be <laughs> dignified. It would not be presidential. They are they are or playing their part, man, as best as they can. The problem mm. is they hired a fucking retarded geriatric. geriatric for this act. You know, I think uh, they should just let him just let him wear his slippers for goodness' sake. Let him wear his slippers to the office. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, look, you couldn't ask for better advertising. Whoever that whatever that label was on the bottom of the shoes, I bet they're sales they've either skyrocketed or completely plummeted i'm not sure which but uh was it balenciaga perhaps i'm not quite sure i couldn't ah, quite read that <laughs> you talking you talking the sneakers or his old shoes the ones where he fell over the horseshoes the shoes. horseshoes well so what's interesting there was about a signature that, just above the, there was like a label on the bottom of the shoes yeah I didn't, yeah I what's interesting about that this is this is from memory from maybe a few months ago but it is a italian shoemaker that is no longer in business all oh, right which makes it even more interesting to me um, in that either Joe Biden's had these shoes like for 30, 40 years mm. or they look they, new though. So he probably had like 50 pairs made or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you cannot buy those shoes anymore. I mean, That's it's a real, like a um, lost opportunity. <laughs> it is a lost opportunity, but <laughs> it also, I mean, it's such a, it's such a narrowly specific type of shoe like I, I'm starting to develop yes. this theory, and I don't know if it's valid or not, but I think that there has been a lot of thought and time and focus groups involved in choosing Joe Biden's footwear. Oh yeah, they're always every detail. I yeah, guess, that man. that would not surprise me. And then I, I think I probably sound like a a broken record, and I apologize. It probably gets old hearing me say this, but I can't help it when this topic comes up that this is the plan. This is part mm -hmm. of the humiliation of the United States to have some motherfucker who can't yeah. even walk up a flight of stairs or who can't even walk off of a fucking stage be the, quote, leader of the free world. That is the whole point is to make us all look like a bunch of assholes and to know that is who is quote running the show. Um, and it makes me really mad. I mean, it is funny because he is a dumbass, Um, and I don't feel one bit bad for him because he, he has been a terrorist to the world and the American people as well. But it is very frustrating that, um, that this is who they're throwing up there, you know? And sure. Trump, is an asshole, all the things about Trump, we know it, blah, blah, blah. But he could at least walk up some stairs. And yeah. he was funny. You ever, it, see him, um, you ever see him drive a, a golf ball? The man, yeah. the man can play some fucking golf, okay? He can play golf, and he can drive the hell out of a golf cart. <laughs> <laughs> I find it really interesting that a lot of these times, these events or, you know, things that occur um like a 3d manifestation of what they're doing. For instance, mm. America is being destabilized. We have literally a de an unstable geriatric running America. 
So it's like a literal manifestation of what they're pulling the rug out from under America. Haven't even got a bloke who can stand on his feet properly or ride a bike. It is. Um, it's, so it's just yeah, manifest. It's. Um, I keep coming back to the metaphor of the, you have to invite the vampire in. You know, a vampire by his own nature cannot come in your dwelling and suck your blood until you have invited him in. That's right. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's like, it's like Fauci. It's the same shit, man. It's like, Mm. oh, go figure. Like the person who created the virus is promoting the vaccine. I mean, come on, come on, you know, like, hello, anybody home? Knock, knock, knock. Anybody listening? Hello. The lights aren't even. I mean, it's a blood sacrifice. It is a blood Mm. sacrifice. It's as simple as that. Every single person who's gone and complied has created a blood sacrifice of themselves. So, bummer. We should do an an episode on, on that. Just doing a little scratching the surface about what that even is and what is exactly a humiliation ritual and what is it used for. Now, I think that we've got the idea that it's used as transformation, that we are taking you from this point to another point in your journey in this organization. Um, So, but I think it would be worth doing a little bit of a dig in uh, and to see when and where that has been used and, and throughout. And I, you do see it in, you know, organizations like fraternities with their hazing and things like that. That is initiation. You are treated like shit as an initiate to the club. Yeah, well, again, you know, the word transformation, it's like there is a physical manifestation of that going on as well. Trans, the form is being transmuted, transmutated, um, the human form itself. So it's just, yeah, 100%. all these principles are like so multidimensional. And and ubiquitous in a way, you know, yeah. from from yeah. small, from the shitty little fraternity. Yeah, bro. Like, totally. Mm-hmm. Come on over to the frat house this weekend. We're going to pound some Bud Lights, man. Um, you know, sorry. Next thing you know, you're doing an elephant walk and you don't even know what the fuck's going on, man. <laughs> That's it. Um, yeah, so, so to something such as as that, you know, to these much bigger uh platforms, like the whole fucking earth. Yeah. So doesn't, doesn't get much bigger, I'm sure if they could get it bigger, they would. Well, isn't that the weird part? Like, um, Virgin getting a little like ethereal here, but like World War One, World War Two, global pandemic. It's like <laughs> ever since the world became interconnected on like a on like a communication level, cyber scale. Yeah. They've been playing these games like it's it, they they found the biggest stage they can perform on, and they're and they're fucking yep. taking up the whole damn thing. You know? Yeah, this is like the grand finale performance, you know, sort of thing. Um, this is the, the opening scene of the grand finale. That's how it feels to me. Um, they've been really building up to this for literally, literally for centuries. I mean, they have been. It's not just something that's happened in modern government. This is an ongoing big game spiritual warfare. Which is... Ephesians 6.12, you know. Which said decentralization is the only antidote, yes. in my opinion, in my yep. opinion. That's sort of full circle, isn't it? I mean, we've got to go back to the beginning. You know, this is the Amiga 
alpha is going to happen again. Everything's cyclic. Everything mm. that's organic is cyclic and that's what's happening. It's just another cycle. Yeah. If you want to look and into a lot of sort of hidden histories, etc., there are many who have um, different views and maybe some different timings, but generally talking about how this is just another cycle. We are going to go through another one. We have been through several already on this planet. So yeah, yes, and I, uh, to to add on to that a little bit, I was gonna say that yes, I was listening to a little video last night about. I mean, I went down. It's kind of a fun rabbit hole. But um, this particular blip was about the Hopi Indians in mm -hmm. the Southwest. And they have these sort of markers that they feel are being fulfilled whenever it's time to transition into another age, which also coincides with what you hear about these kind of the occultists talking about the ushering in the age of Aquarius. And then you mm. also have some people in the scientific community who are saying, look, the reason that the predator class is going on and on and on about global climate change, which we all know to be bullshit, but is because they know that something major is coming. Now, Stella and I have talked about this a little bit, and I mentioned something, I think it was in the WTF forum um, chat, that this guy who goes by suspicious observers on YouTube, but he is saying that we are getting ready to have a magnetic pole flip on earth. Right. So a lot of people don't agree with that or they, they think it, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that I feel like that's an interesting point when you have all of these ushering in a new age, a new world, a new world order. And we know that the flood was the last major, you know, I don't even like to say this, but like disaster. So are we due for something? Is all of this leading reset. up to that? I don't know. Yeah. Great reset. Um, you know, and what, uh, according to suspicious observers, uh, it's going to be a hard time even yeah. before the, the major, before the poles actually flip, because we're going to be having magnetic, the earth's protective magnetic fields are weakening. So we are more exposed to uh, what, if, to the sun exposure, basically to these uh, magnetic storms and uh, sorry for sound like a dumbass, but basically no, no, no. the sun is sending it, at us. You're, you're hitting on something really important here. And, um, Oh, okay, so bear with me. I did eat a mushroom before we went live. But, <laughs> Perfect. But I'm, but I'm drawing a few connections here. Love it. So I lived in South Central Utah at a very weird place called Capitol Reef. Uh, but the Hopi was one of the tribes, the ancestral Puebloans. Um, these, these ancient... Uh, petroglyphs, right? These these etchings on the rock that show. Hmm. I'm going to try to synthesize a thought here. It's kind of a big one, so just bear with me. But there were varying styles and what you might call cultures of these, you know, these carvings. Okay, the ancestral Puebloans were there about a thousand years ago. The majority of the rock art is from them, but there are there are some much, much older examples of rock art from 
10 to 15,000 years ago. They call those the desert archaic because we don't have a better word. We don't know anything about these people who drew these ghostly, ghastly, um, like not even human, but more spiritual forms. Some of them are 10, 20 feet tall, these carvings. They would have taken a long time, not to mention just effort, okay? And they they carved these in very specific locations. A lot of times they were uh, what you'd call like an acoustic uh, holy space. It would be a point in a canyon where you could hear sounds from, you know, half a mile away in both directions because of the acoustic properties and whatnot. My point in saying all this is I often go back to this idea that our ancestors were not as fucking stupid as we all like to think. Okay. They knew what the fuck was what. And for some reason, there was a culture of people that carved these, these impressive yet to to me, like terrifying images. They're so scary. Yeah, maybe Ashley pull up a pull up an image of the Horseshoe Canyon petroglyph. Okay, petroglyph. Yes, and while I do that, mm-hmm. I also wanted to say that part of my rabbit hole that I went down was because, um, and I, I may want to talk about this on another show, but it's a triangle in Alaska that's associated with a lot of disappearances and UFO and and all kinds of stuff. So then I ended up finding that there was a, um, almost like a Loch Ness monster type character that some associated with this, but actually it was half man, half otter and Mm. would lure people with the sound of uh, either a woman's voice or a child's voice while it was drowning them or luring them to drown them. And Mm. that was part of what would account for this high number of disappearances in the Alaskan triangle as they refer to it. Then I saw that the Hopi Indians also have, um, sort of a a similar theory, but that is the skinwalkers. So that may be something Mm -hmm. like what you're talking about. So Mm -hmm. horseshoe, uh, what was that again? Sorry. Uh, I believe it's horseshoe Canyon. I would search, uh, horseshoe Canyon petroglyph panel. But the other interesting thing about this part of Utah, there was mountain that is now referred to as Boulder mountain. And it used to be called Mount Aquarius. And I'm not sure how the mm, name change. I'm not sure how the name change occurred, but it, it was referred to as Mount Aquarius. The funny thing about this Boulder Mountain. First of all, <laughs> an aside, there is also Thousand Lakes Mountain. They're like twin mountains. And the weird thing is that there's no lakes on Thousand, Thousand Lakes Mountain. All the lakes are on Boulder Mountain. It's like somebody fucked up the map, but I don't, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I don't buy that story. Like every fuck up was on purpose, but yeah, this here's the petroglyph panel I'm talking about. Hmm. Um, these ghostly images and this, you cannot get a scale of how big this is. I mean, these individual, uh, like humanoid things Hmm. are like, they're, they're, they're like 10 feet above the ground and 10 feet tall. 
I would say it's probably similar to the scale of a human standing next to the Easter Island statues. Yes, yes. Similar. It's and I would uh, I wonder yeah. if they were statues, perhaps that they're or whether they were giants that they're depicting mm-hmm. there. Who knows? Who knows? But the funny thing with this desert archaic culture is that they disappeared. And this is a story we hear over and over that you know these these cultures of people are just gone. Yeah, they're here like one a, one day and gone the next. Like a big and flood came in and took them. Like a big fucking flood. This is why I bring up Boulder Mountain, aka. Mount Aquarius, there are these giant black basalt boulders on Boulder Mountain that puzzle geologists to this day because they don't belong there. The only rational explanation is what they call a mass wasting event. Not a flood. Well, it is a flood, but it's a mud flood. It's a fucking landslide going uphill. Now, how the fuck does that happen? I'm thinking Unless, the poles the poles shifted, the poles yes. reversed. This has yes. happened. I mean, science science has told us. Yes, uh, according to suspicious observers, it absolutely has happened many times before, and it is cataclysmic. You know, now as far as species lost, I think there's only about like a 4% total loss of species, uh, which is somewhat hopeful, but that doesn't mean that, that a a species doesn't still get decimated and that includes humans. Um, so it, it is, it does, it is something that I think about, right? Because you hear the new age, you know, the great reset, the new world order the age mm-hmm. of aquarius the um and like i was saying whatever the the hopi referred to it as i think it was the um i think they called it the new world or something like that or the new because it was basically in this video they were talking about like that there had been four so far um so I just think that it's very, very interesting. And, you know, the person in this video was also hopeful about it because it was like, it's a special time to be here to bear witness to this as a human, Mm. which maybe it is. And I have been trying not to live in fear over something like that, that because we can't control that. Right. So if you're a Christian and I am, and you believe that things are in God's hands and that things are happening here because it's supposed to happen this way, then that's just how I have to be. However, uh, I, I can't say that it doesn't, you know, it is concerning to me to think like that that's going to maybe happen in our lifetime. You know, Ashley, like <clears throat> I'm kind of with you. Like, I feel like I've had a bit of a shift recently where and I'll, I'll, I'll use a, I'll use an analogy. Okay. I was talking to my client today and she had all these nasty rotten tomatoes on the ground in her garden that she, she's like, Oh, I'll go get us some gloves. And I'm like, ah, forget that. I just started picking them up with my, with my bare hands. Right. And she's like, you, are you sure you don't want gloves? I'm like, ah, you know, like this kind of thing, it doesn't gross me out anymore. 
you know, like it's just rotten vegetables, you know, like they stink, they got flies, but like they don't gross me out. Like would I pick up a, you know, a spider? Maybe not, but picking up raw veg, you know, uh, you know, rotten vegetables, no big deal. Like I've kind of gotten beyond that. And that's kind of how I feel I am with this new world order bullshit. Like it's dirty, it's stinky, it's got flies, but I'm ready to just stick my bare hands into it. I don't give a fuck anymore. Yep, it's and, time to get the gloves off. And talking about this shit, the poles shifting and whatnot, you know, yes, I'm going to shamelessly plug Hey Duke 2029, right? <laughs> I A lot of book place in this weird, mysterious part of the world where there's of humans going back eons. And we know very, very little about it. But this this conversation made me realize I pulled one little snippet out of my book and put it on the very the the dedication as the only quotation. And it says, and I quote, things while seeming not to be changing with any kind of speed in this part of the world, most certainly are. It's just a matter of scaling out one's perspective to see it. Okay. And I think that's like where we're at. People are either blind to the change that's happening around them because it doesn't feel that rapid or, or they see it because they've got perspective. Well, I've got quite a lot to say. <laughs> um, Please. Yeah. I've, I've said way too much. That's all right. I've just got to catch up. Um, yeah, well, it, look, it's been, it's scriptural. There is spiritual blindness. Not everybody is going to see, unfortunately. We have to pray for the people that don't see, that they do have the veil drop. Um, their eyes are opened. But it is scriptural. Not everyone will. So when we're all sitting here going, what the, how come, wh why can't they? It's because they're not meant to or they just can't because there is spiritual blindness. All right. Um, so... Just going back to what you were talking about with the magnetic shift and all that sort of thing. Again, here we are up against an invisible enemy. All right. Now, that's what they always seem to choose because we can't prove it. Um, only the people that they pay can prove it with their statistics that they often lie with. Um, they don't even know. I mean, you can ask an expert a bunch of questions and if it's slightly out of their narrative or their script, they'll just sit there looking at you. They won't know what to say. We've seen Neil deGrasse do that <laughs> a number of times. Let's not go not down that. that. guy. <laughs> Big time. He can, yeah, you know what he can do with Mike. The gay um, ass. So, <laughs> he can suck you. Um, so, yeah, uh, the other thing... So I, I, I'm just not sure about this whole magnetic thing because the reason that I'm saying this is because it has been predicted by, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring archaics back into it because, you know, I don't, I'm still a little bit on the fence with certain things. I can't prove anything. Nobody can. It's all a belief system. But this gentleman, Jason Brashears from Archaics, has some extraordinary research and can back it all up with you know, books and dates and calendars and charts and things. It's quite extraordinary. Anyway, he's uh, predicted for quite a long time now uh, that there will be a false Carrington event. Now, the original Carrington event was basically, long story short, you know, like a sun solar flare sort of thing that really screwed with the earth. 
So the prediction is going to be that there will be another false Carrington event. Um, I think it was sort of early next year. Actually, was sort of the the prospective possible time. But he doesn't like to, he doesn't like you know say it will be whenever. But the whole idea being that that will that could possibly be the big cyber attack. But it's going to be under the guise of a solar flare. So there's that, okay? Just park that in the back of your mind. I'm not saying it's real. I'm just saying what I've heard that is just as viable as anything else. Now, as far as the flood uh, topic goes, um, it, it's it's fairly hard to to debate that there was a sudden event at some point. And the reason that I say that 100% is because there have been fossils uh, found and uncovered where there will be a fish halfway through eating another fish. There'll, there's mammals halfway through giving birth uh, that have just immediately, like a f an instant, frozen or whatever it has been. How does that happen? Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So that has to be a very sudden, incredibly huge, catastrophic event. Um, so there's all sorts of things that don't really get promoted Um that, you know, if you dig around a little bit, you'll find that there is plenty of other theories outside the narrative which are just as viable and just as provable because they can't prove the actual current narrative. It's, again, yeah. it's always an invisible enemy. You know, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I lived in that part of Utah because I think I realized at the time how much open how much mystery. What? How much it opened up my mind right. to mystery and to being willing to accept that, like, we don't fucking know everything, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, in, in it's a. It's all a belief a, system. It's all a belief system. The, the crazy thing about that place in particular, um, you know, Capitol Reef, within about a, you know, 30 mile radius, you could see dinosaur bones. You could see. Petroglyphs that were 10,000 years old or older. You could see carvings from Mormon pioneers, uh, including the the infamous Butch Cassidy. There were about four or five Butch Cassidy signatures in the area. Um, mm. And it's kind of weird because that was my favorite movie growing up. You know, it's like living in this place, there were all these little synchronicities mm. and mysteries. And I'm like, oh, like... This is a geologist's wet dream. Like Capitol Reef has more exposed rock layers than any other park, including the Grand Canyon. So like geology students would come there all the time and it left them with more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's and like so many. Yep. Yeah. Pretty cool. There's, there's so many areas too, like in the Grand Canyon, for instance, where you are just not allowed to go. There's, um, I can't remember the name of the cave, but uh, it, it was discovered in, uh, I think it was a late or mid or, mid or late 1800s or what have you. Um, there was said to have been lots of treasures in it, like Egyptian looking treasures, um, very ancient looking Egyptian things that were I've removed. Heard about this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Removed. And um, then the whole cave was completely sealed off. So, like, when you look at it, it just looks, there's these bars, there's no way anyone could get in. Nobody can get in, like not even the authorities. So they completely sealed that off. And that's not the only one. And, of course, the, the Smithsonian Institute, of course, were denying, denying, denying. <laughs> and it was like, oh, yeah, well. And somebody found some information. So 
It was like, well, you were bullshitting about that too, hey? <laughs> you know, there. now that you say that, there was one cave in Capitol Reef that was barred, you know, literally with heavy metal bars. And they mm. claim that it was a long ago closed uranium mine. That's, okay. That's a very, for your health and safety. <laughs> yeah, for your, for your safety, for your safety. Yeah. Yeah, don't go looking. Right. And Thank the thing is, government. is that we know that they have they have access to esoteric knowledge that they don't want us to know about, including history. Mm. So we can't trust that it that it's not something to that effect. Of course, don't believe them that it's a uranium mine, because who the fuck knows? You can't believe them. No, uh, another invisible enemy, may I say? Well, and yeah. the, funny thing, the funny thing too, um, you know, and again, I, you know, I, I, I'm asking questions about everything I was ever taught, but there is, there is uranium in the desert Southwest. I mean, there mm -hmm. is, and people used to, you know, back in like the 1800s, they would wear or carry like uranium ore. They thought it had health benefits and it's so easy for us to look back just like we do on, you know, nine out of 10 doctors recommend camel cigarettes, you know? Yeah. Just yeah. like we laugh and say, oh, how silly, how stupid were they? They wore uranium. Well, who the fuck knows? Maybe it did do something good. Yeah. I yeah. have no doubt about that. What, what's Same. that? <clears throat> that story that I brought to you. Um, not your mama's news about, oh, I don't know, three months ago. Remember that little tic-tac-sized capsule, Ashley, that yes. little radioactive thing that yes. got lost in the so Australian scary. desert? Mm -hmm. And they were making out, you know, like, if you see it, don't go within five metres of it. And it's just like it was seriously the size of a tic-tac. Yeah. Like, and how the fuck are you going to avoid that? And they yeah, found see it. it. They found it. It was like a 1,200-mile possible place that could have fallen and they found it Good on you're you. ringing you're ringing a bell for me that was a weird story man that it was, was very weird. weird i think that was just to point out how really dangerous this stuff is so remember yeah. it was supposed to yeah. be some special like, isotope that super radioactive or mm. well it, just a normal isotope i can't remember what the formula name was but yeah was it was weird. just i'd i'd like weird. to read that again because like I think they dropped some shit on us in the mm -hmm. middle of the mass hysteria. Again, like the vampire has to be welcomed in. They have to get like a spiritual consent. And yeah. And, and these weird little stories that got dropped in the middle of the craziness, like are probably mm -hmm. worth looking back at with mm -hmm. clearer, clearer eyes, you know? Yeah. yeah and, and people that got lost at sea and things like that. Lots of weird little stories. <clears throat> so yeah, I agree. Sorry, Ashley. Yeah, uh, that's fine. And I was also going to chime in with that, that these are the same people that may condemn wearing uranium due to health benefits, but they would happily, happily inject you, your newborn, you while you're still gestating your newborn with some sort of mRNA bullshit nanoparticle mm. shit that's never been tested on humans before or with a traditional route then you will get an adjuvant that is highly toxic that was mercury or aluminum for a very long time so i don't put very much stock in what they would tell me isn't good i would trust the the people out west who've been doing it for a lot longer before i trust these motherfuckers mm. it makes you wonder 
yeah. were the were the national parks. Okay, I grew up thinking, oh, national parks, America's best idea. Teddy Roosevelt, rock on, you know, like <laughs> we're gonna carve out these vast wildernesses to preserve them, protect in, them in perpetuity for future generations to enjoy. Maybe they were fucking hiding shit. <laughs> yeah, because we know that like whatever they do, it's usually not out of the goodness of their heart, is it? It's not because they love us or they're concerned about our health. It's because there's something in it for them. Yeah. So or concerned um, or concerned about changed. or concerned about the environment. Like give me a fucking break. No. Yeah. No, no. obviously not. Also, most of these national parks are like they're in areas that are very difficult to access, very difficult to mine, very difficult to extract resources from yeah so do they really need protection or are they sort of natural fortresses to begin with and if they are in fact natural fortresses maybe that's why there's so much like archaeology i mean they are hiding the archaeology yes they are. in these parks Yep, and with this whole indigenous business that's coming up um, everywhere, and including, like, for instance, Australia as a prime example at the moment, um, with, you know, arguments about how much land the indigenous should be, you know, have or be given back or have control over, what have you, that's just a perfect cover for continuing this scenario of hiding things because basically, I mean, the, the near future is if, if the yes vote went through, this refer referendum that's coming, if that wins, there's going to be... Probably either way, really, to be honest. But anyway, there's going to be, um, in the future, there's going to be areas where we just aren't allowed to access anymore. Um, it's already been said, or we're going to have to pay exorbitant fees to get into places where we can just normally walk now um, under the guise of, you know, Indigenous land, etc. So that's just a perfect little, you know, cherry on top to keep this whole scenario of um, hidden things going, isn't it? Um, making sure we exactly. don't know. And, and like as one of you just pointed out that, a lot of them are, it is hard accessible, you know, it's almost like, well, we can't really do anything much with this, so we'll make it a national park perhaps, you know, they can't make money out of that bit. I'm sure that's also part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and who knows, it could have been, um, you know, if we believe, like you said earlier, that this plan has been at play for thousands of years and I'm, I'm with you, I definitely think it's a tale as old as time that, uh, maybe this was setting it up for other green zones, for other preservations. I mean, mm. it's something that has been there for our entire lives, right? So yeah. you don't question the idea of the federal government saying, nope, we run this shit because they already had set precedent before you were ever born. So mm. that could be part of it as well. Who knows what, yeah. you know. That's a hard one because, see, at the same time, I'm all for, like, my heart is for animals very much so. And I am all for, you know, like, we can't just keep progress, progress and spreading urban, you know, areas because where's the animals going to live and grow? So that's a hard one because I'm all for having an areas for animals that, are, you know, keep the bloody humans out of that bit at least, you know. Oh, I don't mean, like, completely out, but not don't let them build and what have you. Um so that's a hard one because it's sort of like I can see your point there and that's, that's crossed my mind as well. But Stella, you and I are very similar in this regard. Um, like I, I have such a deep love for nature and for the environment and for wilderness, like as a place to go and escape humanity at times. Mm. And what I've realized, there's just so much nuance to 
the management of these wilderness areas, like the deeper I got into it, the more questions. Again, it's like the geology students going to Capitol Reef. They leave with more questions than they had when they showed up. That's how I left the national parks. I showed up, you know, bright eyed and bushy tailed, ready to do my part, you know? (laughs) And, And by the end of my year in the national parks, I was like, fuck the government. Fuck these permitters. Fuck these gatekeepers. Like, fuck all this shit. Like, I, 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 it, and it, most of it came from my gut. And it's taken years of like reading and figuring out why I felt that way. But like, you talk about the Grand Canyon and how there's places that are just fully off limits. The wait list to get a permit to raft down the Colorado River. You could sit on that wait list for 20 years. What? And really? never get a permit. It's a raffle wow. of sorts. It's a it's a what do you call it? A lottery system. And they claim <laughs> that with every every year that you're in there, you get a little more weight to your position. <laughs> wow. But no, I mean, but you know, the commercial guides, they get their fucking permits. Yeah, I get getting to know, the it's, top it's, of the list. It's gatekeeping. It's you know. And I never right. quite understood. I'm like, there was a permitting system at Capitol Reef to do certain hikes, but not others. And they claimed it was because, oh, those are the more treacherous, you know, backcountry hikes. And we need to know who's back there in case they don't ever come out. But it it always kind of, I was just like, why? Why some, but not all? You know, mm. like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it was like a with those with those hikes because Capitol is not one of the more visited parks. Like there was not the pressure of of tons and tons of people wanting to go. It was pretty much if you ask for a permit, you'll get one. But it still irked me. I'm like, why should I even fucking ask? It's like babysitting. Yeah. It's like babysitting, and I'm like, if I'm going into the wilderness, I know full well. I'm taking my own life into my hands. Mm, exactly. You, yeah. Even if you want to put some, some, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, floaties on me, some, some uh, water wings and try to keep me afloat in this, in this harsh desert environment. Yeah. I'll fill out, you know, I'll, I'll fill out for the paperwork or whatever, but if I die, nobody's getting down here for two days. So what the fuck difference does it make? You know? Right. And that comes in their personal responsibility that is being intentionally beat out of humans. Yes, exactly. You need to understand what kind of risk you are accepting when you go out into desert wilderness. It could potentially be fatal. It could, if something goes wrong, it could go very bad for you. You must understand that. Because you're an adult, you need to take responsibility for your own safety. And if you don't or you can't, then don't do it because it's not for you. You know, that makes me start to think we were talking about we should go back and look at, you know, certain things now with hindsight. It makes me think I should go and look at, you know, like rescues, etc. different rescues that have happened over the years. There's been quite a few. We, they're, they're usually tourists, so you just assume, okay, well, they don't really know the terrain here. They sort of come to Australia and think they know they could just go for a bushwalk and not realise how vast it is or what have you. But it does make you wonder, you know, if some of these things were like false flag events just to put the mindset of 
just don't go in here, okay? It's too dangerous. Um, we're going to have to come and get you. You know, it's cost the taxpayer money. So, you know, just like will, a little I subtle will, seed. I will say after having been on probably six or eight search and rescues, um, most of them, if not all of them, are very real. Okay, there's no fucking doubt. Like, the the people who get rescued versus recovered, it's because they were able to, you know, get someone's attention, screaming, yelling, blowing a whistle, or flare gun, or GPS locator. But a lot of people die and get recovered. Yeah. I mean, the number of deaths in national parks every year is pretty big. Um, oh, absolutely, and I'm definitely there's also not been trying many... to. I was just I'm not say trying to play most... down that they happened or anything no, like that. No, I'm just no. saying I'm just wondering some of the ones that hit the news and exactly. make a particular amp- impact. That was going to be my uh, my distinction was mm. a real situation, a real rescue or real recovery versus what is put in the news and yes. why was that put in the news? Yeah, Y'all know like the name. There's lots of them. They don't all make the news, do they? Y'all know the name Aaron Ralston? Nope. Mm-mm. What if what if I say 127 hours? Oh, yes. Cut off his arm. Cut yes. off his arm. Oh, yes. Went on Oprah, yes. Phil, went on fucking the Today Show, all this bullshit. With a pocket Had knife, a mo- wasn't it? Movie made about it. Movie made about it. James Franco. Yeah, he cut his knife. Now, I'm not saying that didn't happen. It, it, it fucking happened. But they made him a fucking star, right? And that was, in hindsight... I think a psyop to make hmm. people think like number one, like be afraid of nature. Nature will yep. tumble a boulder down on top of you and make you cut your own arm off. <laughs> and also number two, like big daddy government's going to come save you if that mm-hmm. happens. And uh, they made him such a star and they sensationalized a story. What I heard, what I, what I gathered in my time in the park service, this was not long after his story. Um, he is notorious. He has been rescued multiple times since. Oh, really? He is a dumb fuck. Okay? <laughs> he is a dumb okay, so fuck who thinks he's... he can do anything and just get a helicopter ride home. Yeah. So he's got one arm? Yeah, yeah, and he's still out there fucking being a dumb fuck. He's still got the other one. <laughs> okay, good. He's doing all right then. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, okay. if you weren't such a dumb fuck, you'd still have two arms. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so this has been a very good conversation. I would like to go on, but we are uh, we yeah. have actually exceeded our time. However, uh, yes, we have. Uh, usually we keep it pretty tight hour, but sometimes Stella and I make exceptions <laughs> <laughs> and then we get in trouble <laughs> that's okay break the rules uh, okay. i i think okay. the only the only trouble kill when we did a two hour he was like two hours and we're like yeah you know yeah, whatever he's the editor but, um yeah he doesn't <laughs> sorry kills so out. uh but i did want to Long. i'm not going to dwell on my story but i wanted to touch on it because i thought that it was something worth keeping an eye on, you know, just something as a a food for thought, because I thought it was weird. So I'm just going to read the headline here, which is tech CEO, Pava LaPere, 26, found dead with blunt force trauma inside her apartment. 
So when you look into the story, it turns out she's a female tech CEO who appeared on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. Now, whenever I'm looking at information that automatically is uh, giving me an alarm bell because you're not going to get on a Forbes 30 under 30 list unless you're within the who's who of the them of the big club, right? Um, I also am really fucking sick of tech CEOs who founded it in their dorm room or their mom and dad's basement or their mom and dad's garage. Okay. You're fucking lying. Yep. This is not true. So stop it. Uh, however, what I will say is that her, so she lived in, in Baltimore. Her company was Echo Map. Now, originally I thought that it was because it was talking about basically helping people quickly understand the information in an ecosystem. So I thought that it was talking about an environmental ecosystem, right? But it turns out it actually is, they were looking at it from basically what it is, is data collection, but it's looking at, for example, any particular ecosystem that you care to name, they were interested in in gathering data on that. So that also tells me that's likely, you know, DARPA funded or something like that. It's worth me doing a little more digging to try to find that out. Mm -hmm. But there, these companies by college students are getting bankrolled on the back end by somebody. So it's likely some big government or some well-connected people that were investing. And what it would be was say, like one of her examples in, in a video that I watched was what we do is look at an ecosystem and try to get as much data as we can so that that can then be entered into a system and then algorithms can kind of keep track of that. So, and that would be whatever ecosystem you cared to look at. For example, we could say the Indiana um, organic farmer ecosystem. What does that look like? Okay, well, we've got this guy, Mike, and we've got three or four other practitioners, and this is their educational background, and this is the work that they do, and this is how much money they make, and this is how many clients they have, that kind of work. So that's one example. The other would be it, that it goes she way gave, deeper. It goes deeper. Yes. So um, one of the things that she was talking about was in, in her case, let's say the entrepreneurial um, you know, or small business ecosystem that you may be dealing with in Baltimore, right? But ultimately, it's data collection is what it is. And she even, oh, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, so what I've been hearing, and I think it's right up this alley, technology of NFTs, non-fungible tokens. Um, we all looked when people were selling NFTs for way more than they were worth and saying, <laughs> ha ha, this NFT thing is such a joke. No, it's no fucking joke. They want non-fungible tokens representing every, every stick of corn, every apple tree, every fucking head of lettuce. They want to track and trace our food for yes. our safety Okay, in case there's a outbreak of E. coli or whatever, they want every fucking piece of food in the grocery store to have a tracker that can be traced back to its source. Right. They want to put everything, every tree, every blade of grass, 
they want it on the blockchain. They want to know exactly yes, what's about, what. They it. don't want, yeah, they don't want us to have any independence in cultivating our own food or in uh, being outside of the system. They want to do, you know, they want to monitor human feces. They're already doing it in a, a group setting, but I think that they want to get more individual with that. Um, FDA, and they're like, FDA well, says, FDA says register your garden. Yes, yes. Um, so, I, I ultimately feel like this is just a, you know, if you want to call it deep state or new world order funded data collection scheme, that's really what I think that it is. And I thought something was fishy about it to begin with. So, and I still do. Now she was found in her Baltimore apartment with blood force trauma after being reported missing. She was 26 years old. And they, in the original article, they were looking for someone. Okay. So then by the time we went online here, I saw another article that said they name a suspect in the murder of this person. So they are blaming this guy, Jason Billingsley. And they're saying that, uh, he, the suspect has been described as a quote, repeat violent offender. And he's wanted in a separate case quote, he will kill and he will rape, end quote. Police Commissioner Richard Worley said at a press conference Tuesday, he's considered armed and dangerous and locals have been alerted to stay vigilant. Um, however, what they said was that Lapeer was found inside her luxury Mount Vernon apartment. Now, of course, without doing an extensive breakdown of the evidence and trying to do your own due diligence with that, we don't really know. Was there force entry? Things like that. You have no idea. And the other thing that I wanted to add on this topic is that this is in Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland, uh, according to an online blip I'm reading here from Wiki, take it with a grain of salt, but it says that it has one of the crime rates, the highest crime rates in America with a crime rate of 46 per 1000 residents. The city recorded 348 homicides in 2019, second only to the number recorded in 93 when the population was nearly $125,000 uh, people higher. So I, I did want to throw that out that it is possible that this was an organic murder of this person. However, I personally still have questions about it, especially based on the suspicious nature of what this business is. And then the other thing that I wanted to add is that the company is known as Echo Map. And I think it's the, Eco Map. Eco Map okay. as in ecology, yeah. Right. As in so, as in track and trace every living fucking thing on the fucking ecosystem. Sorry. Yes, yes. And I wanted to give a blip about what they say. Whether you're talking about a college alumni network or an entire industry, ecosystems are largely or ecosystems are largely invisible. When ecosystems are invisible, they're inaccessible. When they're inaccessible, they are inequitable. When they're inequitable, they're inefficient. We're making the invisible visible so that all ecosystems can thrive. That's yes. the vision. And, oh, my uh, fucking God. Oh, my God. I just want to say she has committed the crime of transparency. They don't want that, right? So she has created this company that, you know, has figured out how to collate probably a whole bunch of information. They spend a lot of time trying to hide. So that could be a point. Um, it could be. I mean, we all yes. know that data is worth more than gold these days. They, this yes. is it's, the it, new gold. It, it's data. It's all about data. 
Can you read that part again where it says, um, I'm sorry, there was a part that really. Got a goat up your nose. Yes. Uh, Here we go. Whether you're talking about a college alumni network or an entire industry, ecosystems are largely invisible. When ecosystems are invisible, they are inaccessible. When they are inaccessible, they are inequitable. When they are inequitable, they are inefficient. We are making the invisible visible so that all ecosystems can thrive. What a bunch of fucking malarkey. I'm sorry. That's so crazy. Yes. Yes. And other malarkey is that they are 50, 50 women and persons of color. Uh, <laughs> we touched, we touched on this on the uh, WTF forum uh, this past week that it is extremely pejorative to tell people that you're being hired simply because you're a woman, simply because you're a person of color, because you need the fucking help. You're too dumb to do it on your own. So we're going to help. And then we're going to brag about having you here. Um, so skills, skills that they just don't matter. Forget about that. Yes. So it does hit a lot of the woke bullet points to be sure. But I did think that there was enough funny business here that made it worth keeping an eye on. And if I had to guess, because they had the suspect already, like in these Mm. big cities where they have been being destroyed by crime, these crimes are not getting solved this quickly. But all okay, all of a sudden you've got a fucking suspect. I don't no, buy they, it. They went through their repeat offender uh, Rolodex and they're like, who yes. can we pin yeah. this motherfucker on? Yeah, who can we pin and this one on? Oh, I haven't had this thing, one for a while. This guy that they're blaming is um, a 32 year old black guy. So here's the other <sighs> interesting thing we're all about diversity and, and um, we're all about pointing out racism whenever it's a reverse situation but when it's convenient then we're not going to make mm-hmm. a peep about it oh we'll just blame the black guy okay yep it's take so, it's well this is the pendulum swinging back now isn't it i don't know it's it's inconsistent i think in this particular case it is what is convenient for the story or what mm-hmm. they're trying to cover up and they won't make a big deal about it and most people will be like oh well, this guy did it yeah. um i tro- i back the blue except for when narrative- i don't but when i do the narrative is being it's like a rudder on a boat it's just being steered by all these stories so i believe we yes. are we are the pendulum is well and truly on its way back down now like the next swing well so everything's just yeah. gonna go flip over again. i think that that is the goal for sure i do think that they because how are you going to get the iron fist of tyranny truly until you have some people that are like all right enough of this shit enough of yep. the weimar republic i've had a fucking enough so yes and guess what happens everyone that. starts fighting again because it's like okay enough boom gloves are off we're gonna fix this so brawl 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 until there's this next extreme whatever the next one is yeah but yeah. you know like what we were going to say before um that this is about the whole de- destabilization etc that's because on the big picture they want us all in a one world government and so they're destroying each little government so that they can come in like the big heroes and go it's okay you don't need all your bumbling, you know, geriatrics. We've got the solution. So yes. that's and, sure and ideally, that. and ideally, we kill about half of each other in the meantime before they pull yeah. that off. Yeah, right. I mean, we we want to so, kill ninety six percent of you, but we can't do it all at once. So we're working on exactly. That, but, well, exactly. we'd rather Which, you do it to each other than us trouble. do it to you. Yeah, exactly. Yes. 
save us the money so, and the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I wanted to touch on just briefly is the fact that one of the clients of this company is the Aspen Institute, which they're they're absolutely involved in the um, upper echelons of um, the the global order. So just a blip here. The Aspen Institute is an international nonprofit organization, <laughs> right? Founded in 1949 as the Aston Institute for Humanistic Studies. Its mission is to drive change through dialogue, leadership, and action to help solve the most important challenges facing the United States and the world. Oh, Interesting God. that they they start these uh these programs, um, things like this, and it only gets worse. You know, you get the Department of Education, and now all of a sudden kids are so fucking dumb that they can't read a regular book. Okay. So these are obviously fronts for the true agenda, but I just wanted to to point that out. And uh, again, I don't necessarily have a solution, but Fido Felix also had suggested that maybe she did have some valuable information and was not willing to play ball with that. So I think that's another possibility. It is but a possibility. Yeah. So I think just keep an eye on this because something stinks about this story. That's the well, point. If you read an organization's mission statement and you still are like, wait, like what the fuck do they do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a major red flag. You know what? Yes. You know what? You know what easy peasy garden solutions mission statement is? What's that? To build more gardens. Love yeah, it. Simple and sweet. Yeah. Nice. You're right. They do <laughs> you. And I watched some of the videos about this company and they it's so funny that you say that because that's exactly they use political like uh excuse me corporate bullshit jargon to say a whole bunch of words that mean nothing yes may i uh, may i please uh coin that um shout out legal man they use barnum statements over yes. and over because it sounds awesome but they really say nothing politicians yeah. are trained really well in that too they speak barnum for sure. They say Special everything, kind of but it could be open to your own interpretation and nothing is ever solidified. Nothing is ever stated in fact. And, um, you know, they don't mean it. Yeah, because they held be... a press conference. So shut up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's really all I have on that. Just keep an eye on it. I mostly wanted to bring it because it stinks. Um, mm. And I especially think it's weird to have another uh, dorm room tech CEO at the young age of 26 and now she's dying. Uh, but I will also be fair in that Baltimore is not a safe place. Don't, you know, you have to be careful there. But, um, but look, every luxury apartment building I ever went into, I had to get buzzed up. I mean, let's be honest. Exactly. Exactly. And this guy was uh, a common criminal by you know, by the way that they made it sound. So I'm with you. I think it's extremely Sketchy. suspicious. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, so let's be on the lookout for if we happen to see anything else about this. Um, well, you know, I know, I know we're trying to wrap this bitch up. Uh, I just want to say my final fucking sentiment here is the greatest act of subversion that you can commit is to grow your own fucking food. Okay. He here. Yep. Yes. I, I love 100%. that. Um, I'm not good at it. We can talk about that later. Another time. I'm not great at it either. And I whoa, hopefully whoa. I can live on lettuce alone at some point, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I've got some dandelions as well. I'm good. The goal. It's a goal. Honestly, uh, like they are trying to control us. And the last 
linchpin for them controlling us is the food supply. For sure. But they have, and they do have that. They have it. Yep. So They've got it's time we, it's time we fucking wise up, but yep. that's all I got. So, say. okay. Well, what, and uh, go ahead. Sorry. Stop. I was just going to say, sorry. The last bit is what's the opposite of the running to the government, relying on them to look after us is looking after ourselves. So that's the opposite. Let's do that. Yes. Now, before I let y'all go, I know we are um, we are wrapping up, but I do have a couple things that I wanted to touch on just briefly, because after our episode last week where we talked about the Russell Brand situation and what was happening there, we got some feedback from our buddy UKJJ. Shout out UKJJ. And thank you for your interaction. He uh, reached out to me on Twitter. And so... Um, we were talking, so slow news day had put out, um, a tweet that's, that's talking about Russell brand. And I'm just going to read it really quick. Old media is new media. That's what people haven't figured out yet. It's the exact same parameters and the exact same players with the exact same rules. It's just happening on the internet. So it looks slash feels different. Brand is playing his part. He wrote a book about it even. And the book is called the Pied Piper of Hamlin. By yes. Russell Brand. And he had help with that. Uh, and the Pied Piper, Pied Piper has a black and white checkerboard uh, <laughs> suit. So what? where UKJJ comes in, ding, 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 ding. while the media is focused on Russell Brand, they're ignoring Prince Andrew's latest horror show, which was that he has been... Um, the prince is facing serious allegations of abusing two children at a club in Kiev. So there was some sketchy <laughs> and I didn't deep dive on this, but this is very recent that he made a would trip. That, would to, that be, would that be Kiev, Ukraine? It would be that, that same Kiev, the same one with the accusations of being <laughs> unbelievably corrupt and of trafficking people. Okay. So that's one blip. Um, and I had told him I, yeah, I I'm sorry, Ashley, though, it's it's pronounced Kiev. Didn't she get the name? Okay. I was just gonna no, say, isn't I that just... a different place to Kiev? You know, I mean, did I tell uh, y'all did, did I tell y'all I got chewed out for saying Turkey instead of Turkey? Eh? I go, oh, I really? speak English. I, I said I speak English, asshole. It's pronounced Turkey. Yeah, <laughs> and especially like look, if you if you want to be nice about it, then I can, but otherwise, fuck you. I'm gonna say it how I feel like saying it. Yeah, who cares? Um you know where so, I mean. yes. So the other thing that he said, because I said I, I had heard only a little bit of blip about that and I still haven't done deep dive. But he said by the dates on that tweet, it arose the same day as the brand business. Simultaneously, the UK Parliament granted itself draconian powers to jail homeowners who refused to obey any net zero diktat. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to uh, shout that out. That, that that's happening and that we got that feedback on our show and we do appreciate it. Then there's a, one more bit of feedback that I wanted to address. So we also had discussed the situation with Danny Masterson, his ties to the Church of Scientology. There's a lot of very weird things about this Church of Scientology. And, you know, in our discussion, even more of them being a lot more linked to the new world order and the government than we were ever told about. They were always shown to be adversarial, right? They sued the IRS to get tax exemption and they made life hell for the entire IRS trying to make them look adversarial. So we got feedback from our buddy Drizzle and he said, listening to hey, the Drizzle. latest, not 
Yeah, shout out Drizzle. Listening to the latest Not Your Mama's News based on what Dana, and he's referring to Dana at Rotting Jewels, is her YouTube channel, has uncovered, and to a lesser extent my own research, Scientology is an MKUltra subproject, most likely one of the subprojects that was heavily redacted to obscure its true origin and purpose. The Sexual Revolution and Kinsley's Institute for Sex Research was another one that most people don't know was actually funded by the CIA. Ken- mm-hmm. Kinsey, not Kinsley, but yeah. That was oh, at my- that, that was at my alma mater. That was Indiana University. Um, oh, okay, yeah, you're, yep. Kenzie. Yep. Uh, my apologies, but anyway, I I do appreciate that feedback. And then yes, he also said, you. he also said the Bob Ross painting that sold for nine point eight five million <laughs> equals twenty two. So maybe it's like the nine plus eight plus five. Oh, um, right. Yeah, I don't know yeah. for 17. for the numerology yes, purposes. It is. Okay, so, wait, don't. Let's not ruin Bob Ross. I love Bob Ross. Another <laughs> another Hoosier, man. Uh, no, this was just today's day and time. One of his original paintings sold, and uh, we were talking about the price that it sold for. So it, it that doesn't be necessarily Bob. include Bob Ross himself. It's right. probably just the artwork. Yeah. yeah. So, so anyway, also he painted in like twenty nine minutes. So um, that's really per minute. Yeah, that's a little. Yeah, Wait, he was. He, he would he would paint them all like right on TV in his thirty minute little window. Mm-hmm. He was, it was pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to shout out our our friends of the show that sent feedback on that and are teaching us stuff as we go. It's very much yeah. appreciated. And um, yeah, otherwise, I think that's a wrap. Are y'all ready for that? I think Keels will yeah. definitely be ready for that. Yeah, heels. <laughs> well, yeah, I had no idea about the hour, lo- the hour, like you know, time frame. Oh, that would be because we didn't tell you. You didn't tell <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, and therefore I went on like a twenty-minute spiel about the fucking national parks. So. Well, I I thought it was valuable, an interesting conversation, and yeah. um, so I'm I'm happy. So did I. I really enjoyed that. And Keelthor yeah. has the ultimate power. He has the edit room floor at his disposal. <laughs> He's usually pretty good with that. Um, so, yes, we do very much appreciate his help in that you regard. And, um, yeah, I, I think that it was extremely uh, a great discussion. So, yeah. I, um, nice. yeah, so we will wrap it up. And, um, Mike, I would like to have you go ahead and tell people where they can find you, how they can support you, all that good stuff. Easiest place. Just go. It's all in one spot easy peasy dot itty bitty dot tips okay and uh yeah i can leave it at that check out the easy peasy podcast if you if you like to read which i know like nobody does it but it's still kind of cool you know if you want to be a real punk like book and better yet <laughs> read my book <laughs> well uh thanks for joining the unknowns mike it's been really excellent to have you here and if you could my just pleasure. leave my your pleasure. union fees at the door on the way out that'd be great thanks <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, does anybody want to ask me the question? This is for Ando. Uh, Ashley, Mike, please have the honor. Another question. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'll ask it then. <laughs> Ashley, where can we find the unknowns? So I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you can find us at unionoftheunknowns.com. That is our Linktree page, and it has all the ways that you can get in touch with us from Rockfin, Spotify, email, um, 
phone number. You can get in touch with me at Union Unknowns on Twitter. And you can also find your way to the Union of the Unknowns Discord. And we would be happy to have you. Excellent. Thank you very much. All righty. Yes. And thank you very much, Stella. I enjoyed it as always. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you. And uh, thanks everyone so much. I, I enjoy the show and I hope you do too. Thanks for listening, Peace. everyone. Not Your Mama's News has been a production of the Union of the Unknowns podcast. New episodes are available weekly on all your favorite podcasting networks. just because I like to do it.